Pastor Xavier Reese says you can do great things. No experience necessary. Jesus came down to the level of Peter. Jesus accepted Peter on the level of his ability. Do you understand that? That God accepts you at the level of your ability? Jesus will enable you as he would enable Peter in his commitment of love despite his limitation. Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens me. Whatever he calls me to do, he enables me to do. Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. No one likes to be told, I told you so. But in the case of Peter's three-time denial of the Lord, Jesus, instead of condemnation, gave Peter forgiveness in return. And in a message entitled, Peter Restored, Pastor Xavier shows how Peter got much more than that. It's Simple Truths we find in the 21st chapter of the Gospel of John. Let's listen. The recommission of Peter reveals to us four things. First, Jesus revealed to Peter his pride. Secondly, Jesus revealed to Peter his heart. And then thirdly, Jesus revealed to Peter his restoration. And finally, Jesus revealed to Peter his death. Let's look at the first. Verse 15, Jesus revealed to Peter his pride. This is the first thing he reveals to him through his recommission. The setting is after eating breakfast, which Jesus cooked, yet they were the fishermen. They had gone fishing at Peter's decision in verse 3 of chapter 21. They had fished all night and caught nothing on their own attempts. Verse 3 still tells us of chapter 21. They had been unsuccessful in their own abilities and caught nothing until the Lord commanded them to cast their net on the other side of the boat and their catch was great. Verse 6 and verse 11 through 13 tells us that. They had returned to their old lives, yet the Lord had called Peter to be fishers of men through a similar occasion at the beginning of the Lord's ministry. And he told Peter to launch out in the deep. He was in his boat for the catch. And Peter declared, Lord, you know, you're a great preacher. And when it comes to ministering to people, man, you know, no one can touch you. But give us some slack. We are fishermen. We are professionals. We have been born on this lake. We know. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let the net down. Luke 5, verse 4 and 5. The catch was so great that the net began to break, and as they tried to pull them in, the boats began to sink. Luke 5, 6 to 7. I have a funny suspicion that in Peter's mind, this occasion, just deja vu all over again. Similar situation here. Verse 7 of chapter 21 tells us that they had not recognized the voice of the Lord except for John. He says, children, you have any food? You catch anything? I can hear Peter. Oh, who's that guy? What's the matter with him? John says, hey, that's the Lord. Peter girded himself, jumped in the water, and swam in. They were being served by the Lord, verse 9 and 10 of 21 tells us. A reminder of the Passover revealing their pride again. Jesus washed their feet and served them. This is the setting. Now notice secondly, still verse 15, 
that the Lord Jesus asked Peter if he loved him more than these, as he had declared in the past. Even though they all betray you, you would not, you would die for me. Remember back chapter 13, verse 37? Peter, do you agape me? You boasted in the past. Peter declares, yes, Lord. Simon knew that he loved Jesus, but Simon also knew that he could not say that he loved Jesus more than the others now. You see? He knew he failed. He couldn't say that. Simon acknowledged Jesus as his Lord too. Lord. The second thing he says is, you know that I love you. Simon uses the word phileo. Found affection. Not the word agape. For Peter did not want to make the same mistake again of overestimating himself. He uses the word phileo, okay? Friendly, fond, affectionate, love. And so Jesus says, feed my lambs. The Lord commissioned the man Simon. So Jesus revealed Peter's pride. The second thing that he reveals is Jesus revealed to Peter his heart in verse 16. The Lord is now asking Peter if he loved him without comparing him to any other. First of all, do you love me more than these? Now he says, do you love me? The questions that are addressed by God are not in order that God know the answer. Do you understand that? <laughs> it's like the little kid came home and told his mom, Mom, I hate school. I got the stupidest teacher. She's always asking questions that I have to give her the answers for. <laughs> well, like, like what? He says, well, she asked, what is two and two? I had to tell her four. <laughs> but why does a teacher ask questions? Not that they might know the answer. They know the answer. So the student, the student know that they know the answer. The question to Simon was, in order that Peter would know his own heart, the man Simon answers Jesus in two ways again. Peter declared, yes, Lord. Peter was sure of his love for Jesus above any other at this point. That's good. Peter used the word phileo again. Understanding the evilness of his heart to think himself more highly than he ought to think. That capacity is there. 1 Corinthians 8, 1 through 2. He's fully aware of his potential. Are you aware of your potential in evil? It's important that you do. It's important that you know that you have a funky old man that still hangs around. But he can only be as strong as you allow him or as much as you feed him. Notice thirdly, the Lord Jesus commissioned the man Simon for the second time. Ten, my sheep. The word ten means to shepherd. Feeding is a part of a shepherd's duty. But leading sheep is another thing a shepherd does. He leads them. He does not drive them. He leads them. He leads them to water. He leads them to grazing lands. He leads them in safe places. He leads them. He protects the sheep also. That's the responsibility of the shepherd. He has a staff and his rod. His rod to strike the wolf, his staff to guide the sheep. The word for sheep is also different and most likely distinguishes between the young lambs in the previous verse from the older lambs now. So he 
breaks them up in two categories, the young and the others who are not young. Now, first John says young men, uh, our infants, young men, and older men. He gives us three divisions, okay? So there's a distinction we see here. Now, the term is in the diminutive or the endearment form. God loves his sheep. Shepherds should love their sheep. And again, the way they show their love is by feeding them, by protecting them. When Jesus looked upon the sheep, he says he had compassion over them because he saw them as sheep having no shepherd. Today, sadly, too many sheep have no shepherd. They have people who are hirelings. They have people who are in it for themselves. They have shepherds who uh, are, are always traveling around and not enough around their own church. And uh, therefore, they don't know what's happening. It's like a father who's never home. How can he raise his kids? How can they know him? Okay? Now, ministries change. As ministry grows and stuff, and God raises other people up, there may be some travel that the shepherd may do, but he's still the shepherd. You understand? My primary responsibility is to feed you here. I do retreats. I do teachings to other places, but I always try to do them when I'm not supposed to be here. And once in a great while, when I have to and, 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 and I feel the Lord would have me go, then I have somebody come in and teach, but it's the exception. It's not the rule. I'm here most of the time because I'm the shepherd. Okay? God hasn't called me to travel at your expense or God's expense, okay? <laughs> God has called me to feed you. The Apostle Paul communicated his responsibility to, or the responsibility of the uh, Ephesian elders to feed the flock of God, to shepherd, the same word is used in Acts 20, 28, remember? Shepherd the flock of God. Thirdly, Jesus revealed to Peter his restoration, verse 17. The Lord Jesus addresses Simon a third time. The Lord Jesus for the third time asked Simon if he, in fact, loved him. Now, notice the Lord uses the word phileo now. This time, as he addresses Simon, he no longer uses agape. Jesus came down to the level of Peter. Jesus accepted Peter on the level of his ability. Do you understand that? That God accepts you at the level of your ability, but he won't leave you there. Jesus will enable you as he would enable Peter in his commitment of love despite his limitation. Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens me. What does all things mean? All things that he calls me to do, not all things that I want to do. Whatever he calls me to do, he enables me to do. That's what the word all refers to, all that he calls me to do. Notice, secondly, the man Simon's response to the third time Jesus asked him this question. Peter was grieved and made sorrowful because Jesus had asked him three times, and rightly so. And you have to start thinking about this time. You can't escape it. He, oh, I denied him one, two, three, oh, oh, you know. Peter, without any doubt, thought about the threefold denial. Interesting how past sins and failures can cut us to the heart or be revived in our minds instantly when something similar occurs or a similar topic is brought up or someone's name. Boom, deja vu. Satan, other people as well as myself, can so quickly condemn me when Jesus, in fact, has forgiven me and put away my sin as far as east and the west, buried in the deepest ocean. Let me give you a real simple piece of advice. And how to discern conviction from condemnation. When Jesus is convicting me, he's revealing my heart. He's dealing with sin. It's present. I'm in it. I'm practicing something I shouldn't. 
That's conviction. He wants me to confess it, repent, and abandon it. But when someone is condemning me, be it somebody else, myself, or Satan, it's about a sin that has already been put away, forgiven, and I'm not in it. And they're trying to rub my nose in it. Bible says there's no condemnation of those that are in Christ Jesus who walk after the Spirit, not after the flesh. My past is gone. But if I'm dealing in something right now that's not glorifying God and He's convicting me, then I need to respond in repentance. But I don't live through condemnation. You understand? No matter how horrible your past is, it's gone. But if your present is still like your past, then you've got a problem. And you need to respond to God in repentance. Jesus was not attempting to condemn Peter, nor to make him feel bad, but he was declaring to him that he was forgiven for his threefold denial and confirms it through a threefold commission. Is God good? <laughs> oh, I wonder if the Lord forgave me for all three. He only said one. Boom, 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 boom. Three. You're covered, Peter. God is so good. Notice thirdly that the man, Simon, answered Jesus in two ways for the third time. Still at verse 17. Peter declared to Jesus, Lord, you know all things. About this time, I'd be kind of worried too, huh? <laughs> wow, I wonder. You know, I mean, just in the first one, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? Lord, you know, I would be expecting, instead of feed my lambs, I would be expecting, you liar, you miserable failure. He said, feed my lambs. Whoa. Then tend my sheep. Now, this is the third time. For the third time, Peter calls him Lord, knowing that he knows all things. He declares that he knows all things. Peter's getting it. The answers are not for the sake of Jesus. The answers are for the sake of my own heart, my own knowledge. Peter declares that the Lord knew he loved him. This is the third time Peter declares his love. This is the third time Peter uses the word phileo, not agapao. Peter had come to grips with himself as a sinner like any other without any delusion of who he was. That's good. See? That's good. Peter is getting the message. He understands that he cannot trust himself. Peter understands that he cannot think himself more highly than others above others, Peter understands who he is. This is a foundation and a beginning to be used by God. So important. Now notice fourthly here in verse 17 that the Lord Jesus commissions the man Simon for the third time. And the word feed this time is the same as in verse 15, to pasture, to grace. The purpose of the church is to perfect the saints by teaching them the word of God in order to equip them for the service of ministry to come to a state of maturity through the pastor, teacher, and other anointed men of the church, Ephesians 4, 11 through 16, that the whole body can receive the benefit of every member. 
That's why we tell you continuously that you should be serving someplace, somehow, to some extent. Nobody is called to be a pew warmer. You're to occupy more than two and a half feet of pew. You should be busy about the Lord's business. And preferably, if you're getting fed somewhere, that's where you're to be involved because you have something to give to us as the body. There are no parasites in the church of Jesus Christ. A parasite serves to live for itself off somebody else. There's no such animal in the church of Jesus Christ. You know, David was restored by God's grace through genuine repentance after Nathan came to him. And he was restored, and thank God for God's restoration. But in restoration, we need to know a couple of things. First of all, know that God is able to forgive you of any sin, absolutely, categorically. There is no sin that Jesus cannot forgive. He can forgive anything. But also know for a fact that though you can be forgiven and you can be restored to your relationship with God, that the consequences of those actions do not go away. So many times human relationships cannot be restored. Human positions cannot be restored. Do you understand what I'm saying? Because of what's happened, because of what you've done, because of who it's damaged, because of how much it damaged. So before you do anything, you better think through the consequences. Your restoration for God, absolutely. Your restoration to people, the body, your position, maybe not. And if there is restoration, there's only one thing that will finalize and legitimize that restoration. It is time. If you tell me or I tell you that I repented from a sin that I did, the only way you can know is if you watch me through time. See if it's so. That's important. So though we can be restored to God absolutely, categorically, unequivocally, without any reservation, your, res your restitution to people and to places and things are not always that easy, and maybe not at all. Jesus revealed Peter's restoration. The fourth and last thing is found in verses 18 and 19. Jesus revealed to Peter his death. Now, at this point, you say, wow, that's like a sweet and sour. He gets restored, but now he's dead. But you've got to understand now where Peter's at. Peter has learned these lessons. Right now, at this point, death is no problem because he's already died and he's only living for Christ. Death is only a problem if you're living for yourself. It's just the way it is. Notice first, Peter was a man who did and went where he desired before Christ. He says, more surely I say to you, when you were younger, and girded yourself and walked where you wished. Doesn't that sound like you and I? <laughs> did your thing. Did where you wanted to go. Did what you said. Said what you wanted. Whatever. Before Christ. The description is that of a lost man without Christ doing what he or she wishes. We did as we will, but the contrast now is that Secondly, Peter would be a man who would desire God's will. But he says, but when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and another will gird you and carry you where you do not wish. Now he's different. He's a new creature. He's been restored. 
His call would be till old age. Now, there's a great comfort in this. You remember Peter got arrested with James and Herod put him in jail? And James got killed with the sword? And then Peter had four soldiers chained to him and he was sleeping like a baby and the angel had to come and shake him to wake him? You say, how in the world could he sleep? Because he knew this prophecy. He couldn't die till he was old. That's good to know the word of God. When you get in crisis, if you don't know the word of God, you won't sleep. But if you know the word of God, you'll sleep like Peter, like a baby. Makes all the difference in the world. The psalmist says that he gives his children sweet sleep. His conversion was genuine. His commission was genuine. His commitment of love unto death was genuine. Tradition tells us that Peter requested that he be crucified upside down because he didn't think himself worthy to be crucified like the Lord right side up. How interesting. Notice thoroughly that Peter would glorify God in his death. The commentary certifies a statement to be prophecy of Peter's death. Verse 19, we're not left to our own interpretation. The death of Peter would bring glory to God. How can that be? Because if you live for God and you're bringing glory to God in your life, your death will bring much glory to God. You know why? Because people will say, you know what? He lived what he believed. You know, I could always count on him. But if you are not giving glory to God in your life now, don't think that you're going to bring glory to God in your death. People say, yeah, that guy was a hypocrite. He said he was a Christian. It's just that simple. The scriptures tell us that God is faithful in all things. 1 Corinthians 10, 13, he will never allow us to be tested more than we're able, but whatever it says, show us the way of escape. And then 1 Peter 4, 19 says that we are to commit ourselves to him in this, as a faithful creator. When? In our sufferings. Can you handle that? He's able. If you're willing. If I'm willing. Then fourth and last, notice, Peter was to follow Jesus. Peter was not to live life by his feelings. Feelings are just feelings. You don't make decisions based on your emotions, you'll destroy yourself. Based on the word of God. Peter was not to make decisions based on circumstances or situations. But God's word. Peter was not to follow the most popular teachers. But Jesus. Peter was not to judge God's love for him on anything but the cross. Whenever you start doubting God's love, look to the cross. You'll find out how much he loves you. Peter was to follow Jesus and no other by denying himself, picking up his cross and following him daily. Follow me, no one else. Who are you following? He was following Jesus. So Jesus revealed four things to Peter in his recommission. First of all, Jesus revealed to Peter his pride. How'd God do with you? Are there any there still? If you think there isn't, you need to listen to the sermon again. Secondly, Jesus revealed to Peter his heart. Ooh, that's painful, isn't it? Because we think we're so good sometimes. Exalting ourselves above others. Thirdly, Jesus revealed to Peter his restoration. Now that's good, because maybe you're condemning yourself and God says, listen, I've forgiven you. Take hold of my grace. And then Jesus revealed to Peter his death. Now, God has revealed to us the death to the old man. Let's begin with that, okay? Kill that old guy, okay? Don't walk in the flesh. Don't be a liability to the church. Be an asset. And then when God says, now I'm ready to take you home, you have no problem with it because you've been dead already. May God give us wisdom and the grace. 
Pastor Xavier Reese, summarizing the simple truths revealed as Jesus restored a fisherman into a fisher of men. And we've been listening to a message Pastor Xavier has called Peter Restored. Now, you may be interested to know that today's presentation can be heard again anytime by way of the radio listings link at calvarychapelpasadena.com. And we're pleased to be able to offer a copy of today's study for those wishing to request this message in its entirety. In fact, all of what you heard last time and today will be included, plus the material our limited broadcast time didn't allow us to include. So please get in touch soon to request your copy of the study called Peter Restored. It's available on CD for just $4. You can address your request to Simple Truths. 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. Again, that's Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. And please let us know the call letters of the station you hear us on. That enables us to track where our radio outreach has been a ministry to our listening friends. Next time, Pastor Xavier will be here to provide an introduction to the next series of programs we've planned on Scripture's instruction for sexual purity. It's simple truths applying to both singles and married alike you won't want to miss. Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese, a daily half-hour broadcast, is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California www.calvarychapelpasadena.com